Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Lee Cantor here, another episode of High Velocity Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Peter Schneider with Primerica. Welcome, Peter. I'm glad to be here, Lee. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell the folks who don't know uh, about Primerica. Primerica is a financial services firm. We've been around for 44 years, founded in 1977, and we focus on uh, middle-income families. That's really our bread and butter. We offer life insurance. That's that's one of our main products, but also investments, loans, everything you would need to have a financial game plan. Now, uh, do you find that folks that are that middle income are even, is that on their radar, like having kind of a financial game plan? Well, it's very important for everyone to have one, but particularly middle income families. Um, what we find is everyone thinks about it, worries about it. But what we try and do is help people take action. Um, we almost view ourselves as coaches. I mean, so many people feel they need to do something, but they don't know what they should do. And so what our representatives do is they'll come to someone's home, oftentimes sit at their kitchen table, um, try and understand their financial position and see whether or not we can help them. We usually can. Yeah, I think that this is one of the the biggest missed opportunities for folks. And it doesn't matter to me any real income level is the power of compounding. I mean, the sooner you really understand how powerful compounding can work, the sooner you should start compounding something. And if you can have those conversations early and often, I think that that's a great service to a lot of folks. Well, we have a broker dealer, so we help people with investments. We mainly set up IRAs and you're exactly right, Lee. Um, You know, a lot of people are afraid that, well, I don't have enough money to invest. And so they're going to miss out on that compounding that you were just mentioning. But the reality is that it doesn't matter how much money you have. There's always a sum that you can put aside. In our company, we will allow folks to open an account with us for as little as $25 a month. And that's where there's a pre-authorized check-in. And so, and we have a lot of folks who do that. They just begin with $25 a month. And you would be amazed at over time how that adds up and compounds. And pretty soon you have a real nest egg there. And especially if you can set them up for their kids. If those kids start when they're children, even a few dollars a month, that is dramatically different trajectory as they get older. Absolutely. And quite frankly, you want the kids to save too. So I recently had a conversation with my daughter who is about to have her first child and I'm trying to get her to set up her monthly savings. And she said to me, well, I'm not sure I want to spend money that way. And I had to explain to her, it's, you're not spending money, you're investing money. And so I think, I think I've made some real progress. I'm certainly hoping I did. Right, but it shows you how difficult those conversations with somebody like you that's involved in this at the highest level is trying to explain it to your child, who obviously you have a vested interest in her success and her children's success, and then it still isn't like a no-brainer. Like, it still takes some kind of cajoling and, and explaining to appreciate the value. Just imagine regular folks who don't have that financial literacy. And, and that's why we really think it's important to reach out and try and connect with these families and for families to ask for help. 
mean, these conversations need to take place. All of us, Lee, I'm sure you are too. We talk about everything, right? We talk about politics. We talk about weather. We, a lot of times, talk about sports teams and what's going on. Uh, but it, there's a tendency not to focus on money and how money is made, how money is spent, how money is saved. And of course, life insurance is another area that people shy away from. They don't really want to talk about it because you you don't want to imagine what might happen if the breadwinner is gone. But it's really important for families to focus on that. And uh, you're not just saying that uh, as your opinion. You've recently done some research around this, haven't you? Yeah, well, what we do uh, at Primerica, we like to understand the attitudes of the families that we serve. So we go out periodically, quarterly, really, with a tracking poll of middle-income families. We call it the Primerica Financial Security Monitor. And we've done that over the course of, for example, the pandemic. Uh, We're now entering, we've done four different ones to try and get the attitudes of the families and understand what they're doing about their own financial situation and how they feel about that. Now, um, how do you define middle income? Well, middle income to us is thirty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars a year in income. Now it could be more, um, but it's you know it's probably not a lot less. It's the, it's we define it as that fifty percent of Americans. We also, by the way, do business in Canada, but fifty percent of Americans are going to fall within that thirty to a hundred thousand dollars. In income. And so what we did is we reached out to those families. We did a statistically significant poll to try and understand, well, what's going on in their life financially? And we were really interested in it because of COVID. That obviously has had a tremendous financial impact on people. We wanted to see what attitudes were like. We had some really interesting findings too. So um, what surprised you? I think the most surprising a thing for us was how positive people are right now about their financial situation. About 65% of folks said they felt pretty good about where they are. But then when you start to layer down into some of these attitudes, you see anxiety because they're concerned about the future. So while 65% said they're positive right now about their current situation, the same 65% also felt like the costs are going up. They're spending more money than they used to because, you know, we all saved during COVID when we were shut in and they feel like they're beginning to fall behind. And only an 18% thought they would be better off a year from now than they are today. So what you see is feel okay right now, but I'm really worried about the future. So now is there um, anything from that report that's actionable that people can learn from and say, you know what, maybe I should be doing more of this and less of that? Well, you know, one thing that COVID has obviously done for all of us is to raise our awareness of mortality. And and you don't want a pandemic. You don't want, you know, like we feel very sorry for the families that have lost loved ones. So many people have. And this is a terrible situation. But what it has done is it's woken everyone up to the importance of life insurance and what they should be doing. So we do see folks in our survey say they want to make sure that they get life insurance for the future. So that's one to-do item. So if someone hasn't done that, that's something that should be on that list. 
The other things that are to-do items that we see is the importance of saving money. Uh, people should have an emergency fund. Oftentimes they don't. And so they can't go very long if they lose their job. You know, at the, Lee, at the very beginning of this thing, you saw a lot of folks uh, went on what's called furloughs, right? Furlough, I hate the word furlough because it sounds so temporary. And we, we've seen a lot of folks who went on furlough and they haven't gone back to work. You need a fund to help bridge the gap for that. So making sure you save money for retirement and for an emergency, that's certainly a to-do. And then just managing the expenses of the household. Inflation is going up, things are costing more, and you need to make sure that you budget properly. These are fundamentals that people need to do. Now, um, what's it like to work with a Primerica person? How does a person, like, what's the pain this individual is having where they're like, you know what, I better contact the Primerica folks because I need their help. Like, what are some of the symptoms that they have or pain points that they're having where Prim Primerica is the right fit for them? Well, one thing that is unique about Primerica, we have an enormous um, in-person sales force. It's really the largest in the industry. We have 130,000 thousand registered representatives who have a life insurance license and then another 25,000 who have a securities license. And what we do is we reach out to friends and families. Um, and so you're likely to encounter someone at Primerica if, if you are, you know, maybe from your church or wherever, from a sports club, whatever you're doing, hopefully you find someone from Primerica. And what we do is we are a mission-based needs-based organization. So we will come in, we'll do what's called a financial needs analysis on you to try and understand, well, what's your finances like now and how can we help you? We're going to look at your savings. We're going to look at your life insurance. We're going to look at your debt and attempt to put together a financial game plan for you to pay down that debt, watch those credit cards, to put in place uh, an appropriate life insurance policy for you and hopefully to set up an IRA. We often meet people when they're having their first child, um, when they have these sudden needs for financial help. And so it's a, it's a low pain situation, by the way. Our representatives will actually come to your home and sit down with you at the kitchen table. Now, Primerica was recently named one of the top uh, workplaces in the United States. Uh, from a culture standpoint, and you're in the leadership role there, how proud were you of that achievement? Because that, to me, it seems like one of the, the your kind of main jobs in your organization. I think you need a culture in a, in a company like ours of really trying to help people who need the help and may not have the resources themselves to figure out what to do. And so we try and have an education, financial education culture. Um, don't do a hard sell. We are not a hard sell company. What we want to do is let the needs materialize, make you aware of them. And I think then naturally you look at the products that we have and, and decide what's best for you. And our representatives so are low-key, helpful, financial education oriented. And I believe that culture goes to our mission and our purpose. And that's what's helped us become a top workplace. We always got that award in Atlanta 
through the Atlanta Journal and Constitution. I think we have eight years running, but what's different for us this year is we made it nationally. So we are selected as one of the national top workplaces. I should add two other awards that we're really proud of is we're named as one of the best employers for diversity. We have a very diverse sales force and one of the best employers for women. And that's a really very interesting thing. What we're seeing more and more is um, women in the home, females, making the financial decisions in a household. And so in our company right now, a majority of our representatives are women. Now, any advice for business owners out there that want to make a list like the ones that you're talking about? What are some of the things they can be doing as leaders to be help their firm become one of the best places to work? Well, my, you know, my, I don't want to tell anyone what they should do in their own business, but I can share these, I guess, insights that we have. Number one, I think you have to have a culture that's very inclusive and that makes people feel good about themselves, that you need to give people the ammunition that they need. But ultimately, what you want to do is support your workforce, not force your workforce. So you don't want to push people to do things. You want to get them to do it naturally. Second, I really believe you've got to have a business and a product in which you're fulfilling needs that others have. I mean, you got to feel good about what you do. you got to feel good that you are making a difference in people's lives. And I think that will help the workforce as well. And I think the third thing is to have empathy and compassion especially right now. You know, we're all trying to navigate a difficult situation. People want more flexibility in their lives. They need more flexibility in the workplace. And I think employers must accommodate that. At the same time, we have a duty and a mission and we're, we're business. We need to deliver on those, but we've got to do it in a way that gives employees the opportunity or sales representatives, ours are independent sales representatives, the opportunity to exist in a world that they create, but further our mission. So I think giving people flexibility in their lives is very important. It's one of the ways I think that we become the second largest writer of life insurance in the United States. I mean, we've been moving up that list. We're now number two. Um, hopefully someday we'll be number one on that list. But we've become the second largest rider of life insurance. And we've done it without advertising. That is not something we do. It's really word of mouth and our representatives being out there and making a difference in the homes that we visit. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success. And if somebody wants to learn more about Primerica uh, or maybe kind of get a meeting with one of your folks, what is uh, the website? Well, you can go to uh, Primerica.com and that will get you to where you need to go. You can, you can Google Primerica. And if you Google Primerica, you'll see a, probably something in your area, but you'll learn about the company. I think it's very important for you to first just learn about us, what we do, how we do it. And naturally you'll get to the right place. Good stuff. Well, Peter, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Well, Lee, really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and to your listeners. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on High Velocity Radio. 